I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Blankson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, such as those listening live, we've got Charlotte, Ian B, John, uh, Mike, Mike, Nick, Pangolin Sandwich, uh, you are one of the people who are getting the full-length ad-free version of our show and you can listen live, chat with us as we record live and so forth and you can find out more how to support us at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping us keep the lights on you make our worlds go round. Another person who helps uh, my world certainly go round is Ian who I'm reliably informed is is very well after his nap prior to our uh, recording. Yes, yes, I did have a short nap. Um, mm. I, I'd mm. like to explain it away, but realistically, I'm, I'm getting on a bit, and a nap is one of those pleasurable experiences that I'm reluctant to give up. It, I, I, and you are right to. Can I just check? Did you have any dreams? I did. Nights? You know, it was just, it's funny. I was just about to say, I d- tend to have quite vivid nap dreams because I think obviously you wake up straight after. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing to say um, because you always wake up straight after. But I think there's something about the duration of a nap that it ensures quite a few dreams. Now, you're going to ask me what I had a dream about, and I can't answer that. Oh. Because I can't remember, but I have a, f- I have a vague feeling about it. And I think something exciting was happening. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you are on your own for that. <laughs> it was, I do it was... wish we had one of the Red Dwarf dream recorders uh, as, as, a, as a future thing to look forward to existing. There's an yes. episode in series two, I think it is, of uh, of Red Dwarf, where the cat records one of his dreams, and I've always thought that would be that would be cracking. It'd Absolutely just be nonsense, cracking. though, wouldn't it? Like, you know, there's nothing there's nothing useful that happens in dreams. It's just complete and utter nonsense. Well, speaking of nonsense, let's talk about Virgin Media just very uh-huh. briefly as a as a, an update to the ongoing saga that is my internet connectivity woes. Just to bring you all up to speed, uh, it was five days that my internet was out. It came back on on the Monday, and uh, on that day, I had cancelled. As you all know, I signed up to GigaClear. GigaClear being installed on the fourteenth of September. Very excited about this with my uh, symmetrical upstream and downstream. Super I would be excited, excited as well. I mean, yeah, it's... I'm, it, yeah. I'm going to record an extra message while I'm having it installed and testing it out. It's going to be one of the most, the geekiest things I will ever commit to recording uh, and publishing. I can well, only we'll imagine. Well, we'll have to see how interesting it is. But, you know, if you can get the guy on, on the tape explaining what's going on oh i won't points. do that because then i need permission but i can well, i can talk i can describe things myself it's my house but my my land is my castle that's uh, my that's castle true. will certainly get faster internet soon uh but anyway let's move on to some news because there are a couple of key stories that i wanted to touch on this week the first is the following a sweeping 
set of regulations governing how online services should treat children's data have been apparently welcomed by campaigners as they came into force in the UK this week. This is according to The Guardian. The Age Appropriate Design Code, or ARDC, was written uh. into <laughs> was written into law as part of the 2018 Data Protection Act, and that's where we got GDPR from as well. Uh, and it mandates that websites and apps from last week, Thursday, I believe, have to take quote the best interests of their child users into account, or face fines up to four percent of their annual global turnover, which is the same fine they face, uh, same maximum fine they face for breaches of uh, the GDPR. Now, the Guardian continues that unless these services can prove their service isn't likely to be used at all by any children, those under 18, then companies have to either make sure that everything they offer is um, is, is compatible with the code or they must identify younger users and then treat them with care. So you can abuse the adults, basically, exploit them for all they're worth, but treat those children with care if you know that they are children. Now, separately to The Guardian, Wired explained that under this law, privacy settings are required to be high by default for children. A lot of this is open to interpretation and implementation, of course, but these are uh, these are what's being mandated. Uh, They must also collect and retain only the minimum amount of data on children and have geolocation switched off by default with an opt in option. Uh, things like nudge techniques, as they're, they're called, these are uh, uh, anything like prompts to, to suggest perhaps that children should disable these settings. They're banned under this under this law. So no nudges to, hey, maybe enable geolocation. Hey, enable XYZ. Can't do that until you turn 18. And, um, and then parental controls also need to be implemented in a way that a child can comprehend. Again, lots of room for interpretation there, but these are the standards. Um, <clears throat> now, Wired also highlighted uh, that many tech companies have uh, been complying with this already, have been rolling out updates and announcing that they're rolling out updates, but none of them, it seems, have been admitting that the UK code is the reason why. For example, there have been TikTok, uh, which has changed the way that direct messaging works for those under 18. Uh, Google has offered uh, a right to be forgotten for teens who find images uploaded by parents or guardians in search results. Um, There was also a change on Instagram uh, at the end of August that asks users uh, for their real age. Um, And these have all been designed to adhere with this code um, since renamed the children's code. But none of these platforms have explicitly mentioned that the change was prompted by their need to comply with the new law here in the UK. They're essentially saying we're doing this because we think it's important. And history has shown us that that's not generally the main impetus Uh. for why companies do implement things like this. Now, Charlotte, in our live chat, raises uh, the key point that I was going to bring to you, Ian, so she's beaten me to this, which is essentially, how do you ensure that a person's date of birth is correct? For example, what's stopping me when signing up for a new service to say, well, I'm 17? And what is to stop a child signing up and saying that they are 18, as many do already? So it's going to um, it's going to be interesting when there is a complaint because potentially a tech site 
could say, well, look, we've done what you said. It's not our fault that your children have been brought up to be liars and crooks. <laughs> we did what you said. You need to fix your education system. Yeah, that's exactly possible, what they'll say. Possible outcomes, right? But you have kids. I I do not. And and one of your kids is um, sort of around the age, I think, that this become, starts to become a particular... Yeah, Izzy's is 11. So, yeah. yeah. So, so it, it's... And it does occupy some of my time because she um she she's ended up i think because one of her friends is on youtube she's ended up on adult youtube watching her her friends videos which i don't like frankly because i i mean youtube is an absolute toilet now as long as she's sticking to her own videos that's fine but also uh, i noticed she was ruining my recommendations with her minecraft videos and so i was annoyed but then i thought well that's that you know some of the things that i get recommended on youtube God knows how I get recommended them, but I wouldn't want children watching them, um, you know. And I mean, obviously, I'm an adult. I can watch what the hell I want. But even so, it's it's a bit concerning. But yeah, I mean, um, I, there's nothing to stop anyone from lying. And I think, I, I guess if you're an adult and you lie to restrict the amount of data they gather about you, you're just going to get a much worse service, aren't you? That's going to be the trade-off. So there's, yeah. there's probably not going to be any adults doing that. And if children lie, well, they're already doing that. And the, the company is essentially off the hook. I'm assuming the legislation doesn't demand that any sort of formal ideas shown. So there's nothing anyone can do about it. Just one of those things. But not on yeah. the plus side, I guess if if everyone does their if everyone plays their part, these re- you know these guidelines should work well and help and genuinely help people. Like it, it is it there is potential there for um, you know some 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 of the some of what's been lacking from internet regulation. Uh, and and the you know obviously the, like you say the companies are never going to implement stuff like this through choice they do have to be forced to do it but it's good because it proves that they can be forced to do it um, although I'm a little bit annoyed they couldn't manage to make that acronym into Aardvark somehow. There is some there's a very interesting Q and A um, on uh, on the government website that I that I found actually about this. Um, for example, one of the questions in uh, in here is. Uh, is is around news media because obviously some of the worst things people can run across on the internet are are real life, um, unfortunately. And news outlets are specifically uh, also covered by this code. They're not technology websites, uh, technology sites in in the sense that Facebook is. Um, but the this, the line here on the gov.uk is that there is no exemption for the news media in the provisions of the code. Um, it says, given the evidence that children often use news media, many digital news media services will fall under the likely to be accessed by children test. These services typically process children's personal data to inform personalized news and digital advertising uh, feeds uh, may also be shared with third parties for other purposes. Um, that said, it says the ICO Information Commission's Office that is recognizes that digital news media are not a core concern for children online. So the provisions of the code can be applied in a risk based and proportionate way to reflect this makes I think sense i think that's i think that's um that's quite uh quite interesting yeah i agree um i i, I genuinely do agree i and I, it, because and actually sorry to interrupt you but i, I okay. hadn't previously seen the next uh, question that, that came up underneath this uh, underneath that that one question that i had seen because and it sort of relates a little bit to the under 18 age test uh one of the questions here is will news media need to formally age verify their digital services in order to allow users to access news content no 
uh, says the government website. We recognize the importance of open access to digital news media, including for children to use it to learn about the world around them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it makes sense. I mean, you know, you can see news on the news on TV and it doesn't tend to be take a light approach just because it's six o'clock rather than 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, so I, that doesn't surprise me. And I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I feel this myself quite a bit. You know, you'll be listening. If you listen to the radio when you're driving and the kids are in the car, some of the stuff that comes on the news, is it's just it's not it's really upsetting. And um, and I do wonder what they, their little brains make of all this stuff. Um, and I, you, I think if kids notice things, they usually ask a question. Um, uh, for example, my, my daughter asked me about Grenfell. Uh, because oh, yeah. something had been on the, on the news, and I sort of tried to explain it a, a little bit. I didn't want to go into too much detail, obviously, because it's so horrible. Um, so I sort of gave her the details. But um, it's been, obviously it's been back in the news again recently because they think they're going to have to pull the tower down. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a parent's job to try and help their children filter the news, but, it, you know, that doesn't stop them from seeing and hearing some fairly horrible things. Very true. I mean, in a lesser way, I remember the first time my mother told me that she had been looking at comments on YouTube. And frankly, that's just not a conversation as as a <laughs> as a child, albeit one who's 36 years old, uh, wants to hear from their mother because no, I know really. what gets said in comments. And I don't want my mother being exposed to that. Thank you very much. Absolutely comical what goes on in comments. I think the TikTok comments are the absolute best. Um, best you, in that they are the best worst or best <laughs> in their actually... Because it seems like, and there's a lot of good things about younger generations. You know, they're, they're certainly very passionate and, um, and, and opinionated. Um, and I don't think that's changed much. Like, I don't think there's much different about the 18-year-olds now who all have an opinion and us as 18-year-olds who also had strong opinions um, I think they see younger people now seem a bit more connected with the world. I, I sort of, I don't remember, I don't remember 18 caring as much about current affairs as they do now. Uh, but also some of the opinions you're like, yeah, you think that now, but I think age will change that drastically. Um, and I, one of the things I saw on, um, one of the things I saw on Twitter earlier was, um, was retweeted. It was retweeted by Jeremy Vine, and it's a, and this is relevant to you. You'll like this. It was. A, have you seen the video of the scooter guy who goes through a red light and gets pushed off by a, a passerby who's trying to cross the road? Yeah, and uh, Charlotte had tweeted uh, a Jeremy Vine tweeter uh, ah, as right. well this this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was interesting because um, obviously, so, so the the comments on it fall into two very distinct categories. It's like the guy went through a red light; he deserves what he gets, or um, the guy, the guy assaulting him is wrong, and I was like, "Does no one here just see that both of these things are wrong? Yes, and that both things can exist at the same time in the same moral space, and that yes. no, you shouldn't assault people, and no, you shouldn't go through red lights." But it's just, and it it, it makes me laugh because that is what in, internet discourse is like now, especially on Twitter. It is just people taking a side over everything, and it, you know, and I and that I don't. I worry about that more with my children because what do you what do you do when a, a, a child thinks that there is only one ever one answer to anything because that really isn't the way the world works and that as 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 impassioned and emotional as people get about things 
sometimes there is more there than just you know the simple debate so yeah it's interesting have you ever considered borrowing some educational lessons from one richard Feynman? Uh, of of quantum science, ah. maybe explain the Schrodinger's cat. I, I, I that is that is a very good uh, idea, actually. Um, you know, just just go down that route. That that it is possible for something to be wrong and wrong at the same time, and there to be no right. Um, it does deviate slightly from the fundamental premise of trying to explain, you know, quantum superposition. But I'm well, sure yes. you can interpret that too easy as needs be um, <laughs> yeah 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 for sure but uh but uh, but but, uh, but as far as going back to the news story uh here goes um th- one of the things the consultation that the government ran for uh, for this did highlight that basically it's going to be incredibly difficult to verify the ages like you can you can say to a company you need to verify the age but there's very little they can do short of demanding proof of identification or similar to actually re- you know be able to say with absolute certainty this person is the age they say they are or at least is above the the legal age they need to be to use a service or not i think that'll be <clears throat> that'll be a very a very big challenge and as we've seen with gdpr fines have been issued large ones we had one recently issued actually uh, this week which we're not going to talk about because i'm bored of gdpr in general uh, against whatsapp um over 220 million uh, euros I, I think it was it's you know very very big yeah fine. ireland right from ireland yeah and they yeah. get appealed and 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 so on and so forth but that you know it's very difficult because a lot of the ways that these sorts of laws are designed gdpr being no exception is that you need to comply with the spirit of the law if not just the letter of the law and so with technology companies and consent it gets very murky when you can do everything realistically you think in your power to comply and yet you're still dealing with the fact that Sometimes kids will be rebellious and sometimes yeah. parents will just say they're a child so they don't get all the BS that comes with being an adult on the grown-up web. So it'll be very interesting to see how this unfolds. Uh, I don't think it's fundamentally a bad idea uh, at all. But, um, but It'd be quite interesting it... to try it on, say, Instagram and see what the child experience is like. Yes, I agree. And if anyone's got some views on that, you can send those to us in all the usual channels. Maybe tweet at us at text message pod. The Register this week wrote a bit of a something of a follow-up to something that came up in july but i'm going to explain what's happened now rather than retrace our steps first uh because the register said that the names and home addresses of a hundred and eleven thousand british firearm owners have been dumped online as a google earth compatible data file that pinpoints domestic homes as likely firearm storage locations leaked online via uh, an animal rights activist blog actually stolen from uh, originally back in july from the gun trader database which we'll come to explaining shortly uh, was actually explicitly advertised as being importable into google earth so anyone could quote contact as many owners as you can in your area and ask them if they are involved in shooting animals uh, the data includes names home addresses postcodes phone numbers email addresses and ip addresses uh, within this uh, this uh, it's a csv file comma separated values file text file along with precise 
geographic coordinates for a large number of the more than 100,000 people listed in the breach. Again, this is still according to the register. Uh, it also said the file was linked to from the activist's blog, hosted in Iceland. Don't know if that's important but it was, uh, and presents a severe risk, uh, apparently, to British firearm and shotgun certificate holders. Uh, but also, and this is the bit I, I'm particularly concerned about, is anyone who moved house to one of the addresses mentioned in this leak because the data could be up to five years old. It's not unlikely that some people have moved house and are living in a house that once had a gun in it, no longer does. And obviously, that would be uh, extremely troubling for uh, for anyone involved in... in uh, a, a, a breach of the peace. Uh, on the other hand, it's very bad news for people who um, want to burgle a house. Or a, now, I'll put it a different way, actually. This could be good news for people who own guns because essentially this map is also a map of places not to try and burgle mm. because there is a maniac with a shotgun in there, potentially. Well, um, yes, yes, and no. I think to some extent, the, the gun ownership in the UK is is quite different to the US, and um, it's not, as far as I know, it's not generally acceptable to defend your property with lethal force at a gun. But no. also, the rules in the UK are extremely clear. Um, guns, and obviously, there's you know, people may not follow the rules and but if they get found out they're in big trouble but guns absolutely must be locked away in a in an approved gun case at all times when on your personal properties uh you know so um the, it you would imagine that people would struggle to get a gun in time in the case of a home invasion i just thought i'd add that in as a as, a, as int- a as a practical part of gun law it's quite interesting because people obviously think that the UK doesn't have guns. We have quite a lot of guns, uh, and, and many of them are perfectly legal to own. It's just uh, the real restrictions are around handguns. But there's quite a lot of shotgun licenses, I would wager. There, there, there are. Uh, and I, I mean, if you read the news, um, particularly um, online, of course, uh, then you, you would probably be rightly believe that every American owns nine guns. <laughs> Um, and um, there is something like 300 million guns in America, I believe. I, I imagine a lot of those are with armed forces, though. Um, not necessarily owned by well, so a lot of gun owners have a lot of guns. There are obviously a lot of people that don't have any guns, but I think mm. a lot of gun owners do have three guns, or five guns, or 200 guns. Mm. Well, um, anyway, going back to the uh, this uh, this site uh, i mentioned that it was first reported in in july now uh, the bbc had written that the um, the nca the national crime agency had been um investigating the data breach and its fallout uh, it said it was aware of the information had been published online as a result of the data breach uh that impacted gun trader and then said they're working with uh, uh with organizations to manage risk um and the, and the ico is making inquiries um and in, in its initial statement in july the bbc said gun trader said that no information about the location of firearms was taken but acknowledged that usernames and addresses had been um uh, the company said it had nothing to add in response to the latest development quote beyond saying that we continue to work with the relevant authorities to mitigate the impact of this theft so I mean, this is extremely bad it is extremely bad, yes, because at the end of the day, there's a list of people who, uh, under the letter of the law, own a gun 
for legal purposes and have had their details posted online by people with a motive um, to perhaps take a bit of vigilante action and do something about it, which is yeah. not right. Um, however... I mean, this is something that this country has done a lot of in the past because there have been terrible, terrible things happen to people who are involved in animal experimentation. Now, I don't think anyone particularly likes animal testing for no. I mean, particularly not for cosmetics but also not for drugs but it isn't sometimes a necessary evil unfortunately i despise all animal testing and all shooting of animals yeah i mean i i, I don't generally don't approve of it either but um again it isn't as it isn't necessarily as easy as that no, given that you know that, that foxes that. can be a pet i mean again i think you can argue anything but farmers will tell you that they need to shoot foxes um, and that was part of the, what hunting did was keep fox numbers down. Now, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with any of that, but uh, at the same time, it does seem to be something that they all agree on. I don't want to get on my animal welfare, animal rights podium uh, too much, and I'm on the verge of doing. So instead, <laughs> uh, I will pivot to just explaining uh, a bit about this gun trader website because I hadn't heard of it. I didn't know such a thing even existed in, in the UK. I suppose it's um, to my discredit that I didn't assume it it would have because we do have uh, the legal use of guns, as you say, Ian, rightly, that, that a lot of it is, is farming uh, and, uh, you know, and shooting as a yeah. game is... is sadly legal but uh but that but but legal nonetheless and that is the law um and so gun trader it turns out it was founded in 2001 um and so it's been going for 20 years and according to its website it says that for buyers it's a marketplace to easily access the widest choice of shooting products seems fair enough for sellers it offers the most efficient and problem-free platform. I notice they need a hyphen there. Their grammar isn't as good as their availability of firearms, it seems. <laughs> but uh, they can have that for free. Uh, problem-free uh, platform with which to offer their products to the largest audience of buyers. Fine. And then for software users, and this is the bit that's essentially got them into bother, uh, to deliver a registered firearm dealer up-to-the-minute software package that allows them to run their businesses efficiently. And apparently, again, according to its FAQ, it has about 380 UK shooting businesses that use the gun trader software. So I assume this is, you know, if you're involved in the gun trade, you know who has a gun license and therefore you can integrate the system to perhaps target them with sales. I'm sure it's an awful lot more complicated than that. And I apologize for not doing them a credit for their... Sadly, legal service, but there you go. Um, I did find it a little bit unpleasant that uh, their wording for this says that it's now in its sixth version and is to be found at the beating heart of more than 380 UK shooting businesses. I don't like that wording. I don't like the site, but I don't like that wording. Anyway. I've been shooting. Um, I mean, obviously not animals. I wouldn't do that. But I uh, remember I tested um, an app. Um, Do you remember Rob Follis had that audio app? But he had many, he, didn't he? Well, he did. Yeah, one of the, one of them was for if you're cycling with headphones, in, it would pick up noise around oh, you. Oh, yeah, I do remember uh, that. Uh, so for, he, for those listening who don't know, uh, Rob Follis did public relations for a lot of hi-fi companies that Ian and I worked with back at. Yes, CNN. indeed. And we went to his house together, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. Do you not remember when we were at CNET? We went. We went over to. Uh, his fancy North London pad. Oh, I, I remember. I remember going to his house. Yeah. Well, we I went together once. You being there, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, but he he had a he had a, a similar thing for shooting, uh, which enabled you to 
um, have some headphones in. As long as you were using an iPhone, you'd have some headphones in, and then you'd be able to. It would block out the sound of. You'd put them in under your ear defenders, um, and then people would be able to talk to you, uh, but you'd still block out the noise of the, the gun firing. It was really quite clever. So he he took um, he took me to uh, a place in where the royal family learns to shoot. Uh, Holland and Holland, I think it's called. Uh, and I mm-hmm. shot some absolutely incredibly big gun um and uh yeah i mean i I don't mind shooting inanimate objects i've always sort of i've always hated guns and the idea that people would want to own a gun but i've always enjoyed shooting at a range or something like that i I find it quite interesting and you know and and obviously a a a skill-based challenge yeah Um, i don't have a problem with 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 that at all but yeah Um, i wouldn't um i wouldn't be able to um shoot an actual alive thing that would be unless i was you know uh, in a very desperate situation and, and needed to, um, I don't know, a, a lot of American gun ownership. And one of the reasons the, the debate is more nuanced than perhaps people think is that there are a lot of places in America where there are some quite ferocious animals that need to be um, sort of managed around your property. And, and sometimes that can mean having a gun to either say, scare them off or... I don't know, I'd say you built a house on well, their land... So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, you're absolutely right, and of course, but you could make that argument. But bear in mind that some continents have a sprinkling more of dangerous animals than the UK does, um, mm. and w- I suppose we're quite lucky that there's not really anything in this country that could threaten a human life and warrant the need of ownership of a gun. Um, but yes, I, I just I, want I to do, get, I wanted to yes. just mention one thing because I, I don't want to seem too much like a hypocrite uh, and not mention that I had been once shooting with a laser. Uh, uh, it was laser clay pigeon shooting with oh. Lara Croft uh, during a a PR junket, I think it was, for one of the Tomb Raider games about 10 or 12 years ago. And they took us to um, a range where we used a laser-mounted, uh, like like something you'd use for Laser Quest, to, yeah. to shoot objects out of the sky that had reflective things on them um, with a woman who was Lara Croft for one of the games. She did I'm some assuming gymnastics one of the, at one point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming it was one of that generation of games, not the later generation of games. Uh, did she have a very tight blue top on? She. Um, I've probably got a photo of it actually because they took. I remember they took a photo of us. Um, You've got a photo of everything, so that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yes, I have. Um, I will put it onto the. Uh, I'll put it on the website on uh, uktechshow.com if anyone wants to go and have a look at that. I'll pop it in the Discord later. But yes, um, it wasn't that era. It was probably about like 2009 or something. Oh, so the latter one. Yeah. 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 So around the launch of what is it? The, the, I want to say it was like Tomb Raider recent. Underworld. I think oh, it might have been. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, it was something something like that. Uh, but anyway, no. Uh, no creatures had to die on that day. Just uh, I had, um, I I had a lot of fun with Lara Croft, and she yeah, told me I she mean, had to learn how to fire a crossbow underwater, which is one of the most badass things I've ever heard. That is extremely badass. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yes. if you have an opinion on uh, on this gun map ownership leak, um, if you are a farmer who would like to counter some of our strong views, um, I do welcome them. I'm always happy to be proven wrong. You've got your work cut out of you. 
uh, for you. But um, but all views are very welcome on this, and we'll read some out next week if you uh, would like to send them to us at the usual places. Well, before we wrap up the show, I think it's time to hear from our uh, podcasting brother from another mother, Mr. Tom Merritt, who's going to tell us what's been happening in the wider world of tech on DTNS this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, Apple in retreat. South Korea passes a law against limiting in-app payments in your app store. Although Korea was targeting Google, it does affect Apple. Apple pauses its plans to combat abusive imagery on iPhones, but it's not all bad for Apple. They might be taking advantage of some satellite connectivity in future iPhones, but it's probably not what you'd assume. Plus, why people in the U.S. are suspicious about digital driver's licenses and why you might have Zoom dysmorphia. What it is and how to combat it. That and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom. A uh, couple of pointers on this, actually, funnily enough, Ian. So I'll be on DTNS on Tuesday coming. Fabulous. 7th of September. I just I've read... Got, I've got a commute now so I can listen to podcasts again. Ah, excellent. Well, that's a, that's a good. that'll be a good one, I'm sure. Uh, I also just read tom's new audiobook project vera which i enjoyed oh, great, wonderful. greatly yeah not what i was expecting but in a good way um this is fiction right it is fiction yes it is fiction. and a science fictiony fiction oh yes oh i might oh, yes. might might i give it a go i recently yep. i bought the um and i, I suppose i shouldn't be I, I i always feel a bit of ashamed about this but i've i read the the most recent andy weir book you know he of the martian now i love i liked it I, uh, Project, I, Hail when, Mary, Project Hail yes. Mary. Well, yeah. when I read The Martian, I read it in like a day and found it to be, although it's a quite, they're all, they're quite simply written, but actually I don't, I can't criticize him for that. It's e- an easy read. And I read Project Hail Mary and again, read it in like literally 24 hours, could not yeah. put the thing down. Yeah, me too. Um, it, it's really good. So I'm, I'm always on the scout for interesting sci-fi. So if you're, if you recommend Tom's book, I'll definitely check it out. I mean, I I tend to listen to about two books a week at this point, so I can recommend a whole host of books. I'm not I'm not listening to anything, mate. If I'm re- if I'm reading it, I'm using my damn eyes. I've, uh, I really didn't get on with Audible at all. It's worth listening to this one because it's it's kind of partly dramatized, almost as different vo- different people do different. Characters. Oh, okay. So it's it's not just read by one person. No, because I tried no. to I tried to and I can't call it reading. I I tried to listen to Red Sparrow. On, oh on, no it's terrible it just I, I drove me up the wall it's annoying i didn't like it i i, I gave i actually returned it i got my crap oh really that book. Yeah. yeah well i'd left i'd already left audible by then i was so outraged by their stupid policy of you can only keep seven tokens at a time that i cancelled the damn thing and I, i'll never return i i liked the service but I thought, well, if I want to hoard my tokens until something comes along I want, then I damn well will. Well, if you enjoyed this kind of tangential anecdote uh, and a delve into Ian and I's personal woes and loves, um, then on the Patreon version of this week's episode, uh, our patrons heard all about Three's latest 5G failings for Ian, and we um, we battered around quite a few uh, insights thereon, I believe, Ian. So, yes. Um, if you, uh, if you wish to get that and our ad-free versions and extra message and so forth, go to patreon.com forward slash UK Tech, where you can get the full version of every episode and every back episode that we ever made. It's all there. It's all in the, the archive. On that note, which I believe is a uh, C major this week, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>